Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Yeah, come on. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. And amen. God bless you, man. So thankful you're here today. More than that, I love you, man, but I'm glad God is in this house. I know that when he's here, people change. Amen. That's what I know. And I am praying today that this is a day of change for somebody, whether you're in here online or wherever that you are. It's my hope today, man, my sincere hope that the Holy Spirit, man, will knock on the very cellar door of your soul. And that wherever you are, you may be living in darkness. You may be far away from God and think there ain't no hope for you. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost is the searchlight right now, man, and he is on your trail. Every piece of this that we've been preaching, man, lately, and sometimes God will take me into these series, and I just can't get out of the book of Nehemiah. We're talking about battling and building. We've been talking about the different things, man, and preaching to you the things that God has truly laid on our soul and in our heart. How many of you believe that America needs revival? How many of you believe there's still hope? Amen. Well, come on. If you got Jesus, there's still hope. You see, I'm not ready to fold it up, man. I'm not ready to quit. I'm not ready. Amen. God called us to conquer, not to quit. I'm going to read to you a small narrative. I'm going to read to you, man. I tell you these times, sometimes I get along with the Lord, and I get along with him a lot. But the thing is, I get along, and sometimes he'll let me pin something. Usually I just really want to just, just, just be moved by the inspiring of the Holy Ghost as I preach. But I'm going to share with you what he gave me in my prayer time, okay? So it's going to be a little bit of reading here that I feel like that he, he helped me or that he pinned, and I'm going to read this to you. With the whole thought that America needs Jesus. That America needs Jesus. Think about this. Today as I stand before you, our Christian faith is under attack. At the very core of what we know to be true according to the Word of God, it's being considered a lie. The Bible, God's holy word, is considered a fairy tale at best and heresy or even burn worthy at worst. What we're finding today that it is under the microscope of humanism's eye and being deconstructed not only by those that never knew him, but by those that became disillusioned or disappointed with a God that did not perform in the way that they felt like that he should have. Stay with me, okay? Am I clear so far? In truth, rather, they never came, these people never came to trust him as Father God with the very thought of this, that now we have arrived ordaining themselves to a self-appointed faith, never considering the consequences of a left-behind faith in Almighty God. Can I just stop right here and tell you that God loves you, but He'll leave you behind. He loves you enough to listen. It's one thing to preach the truth. you got to start believing the truth. This guy that's up here, listen, that's been preaching this stuff out, and hey, remove me from the equation. Can I tell you, I'm relying on the Holy Ghost just as much as anybody in this room. I can tell you right now that without him, I have nothing. I'll be nothing. But with him, I have everything, and I can be everything that God called me to be. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, I refuse, Bill, to follow the narrative of culture and the narrative of this world. Why? Because I am a kingdom-minded believer. If God said I can have it, I believe it. And when I believe it, and you believe it, and we come together as one in the body of Christ and understand the authority and the anointing that we have, hell no longer will have victory over the church. How many of y'all believe he still raises the dead? 
I see him raise the dead all the time. We've been seeing people get saved. Do you realize that before Jesus, you were dead and going to hell? But now you have the life. You have the resurrection because of the blood and the authority of the cross at Calvary. Somebody needs to get happy with me today because I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to let hell win. I've got a job to do. I've got a job to do. And you do too. That would be my whole thought today. Stay with me. So what they do, they never consider that God will leave you behind. And don't have that faith in Almighty God. Please stay with me. The conviction of sin through the Holy Ghost power, through Holy Ghost power, is not only considered condemning today by the self-appointing priests of culture and their masses, but counted as hate thought and hate speech. To imply that man, because they want to imply that man is the pinnacle of humanity rather than the creation of the Lord. Not understanding the rottenness of self is the very revelation of the Holy Ghost of God. That when we come to the rottenness, how many of you know that without Him you're done, you're finished? How many of you know that all of your righteousness is as filthy rags? And so what's happening today within our culture is because people come to church and they feel convicting or conviction that when that conviction begins to set in, they'll say, wait a minute, somebody's trying to condemn me. Can I tell you, it's the rottenness of that soul that the Holy Spirit begins to release and convict us of that brings us up to the righteousness of God through the holiness in Him and not in us. And today what is happening is this, that if you even think it, it's hate thought. And if you speak it, it's hate speech. Christians, what I'm telling you today is that you better buckle up and you better get ready and you better be strengthened in the power of the Lord. And I'll declare just like I have for several weeks, not by might, not, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. You and I need to understand. Read the book, not just part of it, not just the points that get you through the hallway of your problem and persecution, but read it all. Guess what? We win in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Isn't it amazing how we just stop and we pick and we choose what we want to hear when we're down and out? Give me some scriptures that will soothe my soul. But God, God forbid that we use any scripture to convict one. See, it's when that conviction begins to happen. Those of you wearing sandals, you know better than that in here. Holy Ghost will step on your toes. I watch people curl up, boy. Jesus, I'm wearing boots today, man. I know. Let me encourage you today, man, and tell you we're going to win. We're going to win. It's on me today, boy, to encourage you and to strengthen you. But for you to understand that unless the rottenness of the soul is preached and believed and the Holy Spirit begins to convict, we cannot know the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is not setting your appointment to come to church on Sunday. The righteousness of God is Jesus Christ, the Holy, the Authority, the Almighty, living on the very seat of your soul. And when He sits on the seat of your soul and He begins to inhabit your mind and inhabit your thought, He'll begin to overtake your actions and you'll be able to declare that my God is real, He's alive, and He's coming back. This is not a time, Christian, for you to sit on the sideline and be some mealy-mouthed, weak-minded, praying type of person. Listen, when you pray, know that God hears it. And when He hears it, He may not answer it the way that you want it answered. But my God hears and He answers in His time. So thankful for that piece of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 40, that's a strength to all of us, that those that wait upon the Lord, He will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. I'm thankful today that I serve a God that told me in His holy word, cast all your burdens on me because I care for you. That when I feel like I can't do another thing, Scripture reminds me that I can do all things. Somebody shout all things. Through Christ Jesus. 
Not through the pastor, not through the praise team, but through the one that conquered death, hell, and the grave. I'm thankful today and humble today to preach to you about a living and a loving and a true God. So humble. Why? Because out here you're going to hear everything. Listen, I'm not here to bash other pulpits. I'm not here to do that. I'm talking about what you are hearing and what you are seeing. Asher, I want to say this again because it was somewhat revelatory to me, Larry. It was revelatory to me that in the world, you know, we're seeing crime here and crime there and all this. And they say, if you see something, say something. That's what they're saying in the world. And how do they want to do that when they want to defund this and defund that? Can I tell you the Antichrist is alive and well and you are seeing the spirit of lawlessness that he brings with him? Can I tell you something? Jesus is coming back. And listen, I'm, I'm so ready to go. But my heart is, God, I'm ready. But Lord, one more. Just one more, God. One more. You may be that one today. You may have been holding back. You may have been holding to that pew and saying, Oh, I almost did. Can I, can I tell you something? The corridors of hell that are in the chains of hell and death and darkness. Amy, do you know today that hell is filled with people that almost came? It's full of mamas and daddies that said, I'll choose the world and I'll choose... And you'll take your kid... Well, I feel it, y'all. Y'all gonna pray for me. You'll take your kid everywhere and anywhere but, and, and not, not be able to find an excuse. But when it comes to church, you'll find any and every excuse to miss the house of God instead of saying, nope, I'll do that after church. I'll do that after my time with God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You can have all kinds of excuses. I lived it and done it. I know it. I used to struggle with being in church. Listen, I used to struggle being in church every Sunday too. You better look out. God will call you to preach. Well, well, I live with the best preacher y'all ever. You ain't her. I live with her. She preached to me, boy. She's my coach. So you look at this, still the same narrative, but stay with me. How many of you know what a food chain is? There's a natural order, okay? The rabbit is somewhat defenseless other than his legs to the fox or the coyote. There's a food chain, right? It's the same way in culture. Listen to me. The food chain of humanity is being seen clearly now by the devourers of those with a worship me mentality of self and my agenda. If you do not worship me, I will not only cancel you, I will leave you and I will lie to you and or about you if you do not fall and worship me. If you do not believe what I believe, then I'm canceling you. You are no longer part of my circle. Can I tell you? You can have your circle. I'm going to trust in the circle that I've got and that I know that is bound by the blood of Jesus that has a real biblical heritage and a legacy. Amen, preacher. Amen. This is what you're seeing. The gods of this world, listen to me please, the gods of this world will feed the poor only to control them by reaching their stomach but have no thought about reaching their soul. Wow. To use a welfare not as a system to help any of us through the hallway of tough times but as a system to eat out of the master's hand only to find that it's not our heavenly master and his heavenly plan. What you're seeing take place right now around you is the spirit of the Antichrist moving, ruling, and reigning in the masses of culture. And anybody that will listen, and anybody that will allow their soul to be opened and their mind to be opened. Can I tell you, I am closed-minded to some things. Amy just laughed. I know what I know. I know who I know, and I know beyond the shadow of a doubt where I'm going when I leave this earth. 
You can come to me and you can tell me that Jesus is a way and not the way. Can I tell you right then, I will have a dialogue with you. And what I will do is this, is that will encourage you to speak with me. And I will communicate with you. But I will tell you right now, you will not win. I am not out to hate you. I am out to win your soul for the cause of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, Christians. You need to have dialogues with people that don't believe like you believe. People that don't understand. And here's why. When they come to me and they say, what about this and what about that? I said, I'm so glad you asked that question. Tell me, what are you thinking? And here's what's going on as the deconstruction of faith is running so rampant now. It's everywhere. No, let me back up. It's a lot of places. And what they want to do and what wants to happen, the spirit is behind it. The spirit that is behind it, Jared, what wants to happen? It wants to begin to tear down level by level just as much as you peel an onion back. They want to peel you back to the point to where they get you into the mind, the mindset that you have been brainwashed as a child because you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father by, by him. Can I tell you, I am brainwashed. But with that brainwash come a soul washing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? My soul has been washed clean. I'm no longer who I was. I ain't there yet, but I'm headed in the right direction. If I stumble, if I fail, I do not plan to stumble. I do not plan to fail, but if I do, the Holy Ghost will nudge me and say, we ain't quitting here. It's time to get up and go on for the cause of Christ. I got points. I'll get there. I promise. I'll get there. I'll get there. You need to understand this is what's going on. And today, Christians, I'm going to tell you something. It's called apologetics. You know what I'm talking about. It's knowing what you believe and why you believe it. When somebody comes to me, and they say, all right, preacher, let me help you with something, some real simple math. That when somebody comes to you and they say that they're an atheist, that they say, hey, listen, prove to me that there's a God. I have a real simple answer. I said, you prove to me that, he, that there's not one. As simple as that sounds, you've got to prove to me that there's not a God. I can prove to you that there is. They say, how do you know? I said, he's living on the inside of me. They said, show me. I said, you got a brain? They said, well, sure I do. I said, show me. Jesus is just as real living in my heart as the brain I've got operating in my head. Can I get a witness from anybody? Do you understand he's that real? He's that tangible. How many of you know the presence of an almighty God? You have faith in him. You can feel him. And you have that earnest of the inheritance of the Holy Ghost leading you and guiding you. Hallelujah. That very thing. Satan and his demons know all too well how to conquer and divide. And so, so many people fall into the trap of skin color and not soul condition. Listen, you can see now in the United States of America, everything is about red, blue, black, white, and it's all playing into the hand of the enemy. Wake up. Wake up. There's no side to be on other than his side. And his side is the one that they poked a spear in while it was on. And the word of God said both blood and water came out, which is a representation of your salvation and your baptism. The bride from his side is the church that was birthed at that very moment. That's deeper. I'll get to it another time. And what happens is this is we fall into the trap of skin color and we get caught up in that and we worry about those things or we get caught up in it instead of the condition of a soul. And this is a thing that can't you see that it doesn't matter if it's light skin or dark skin preaching the truth of God. That whether it's light skin or it's dark skin, yellow, blue, black, I don't know what color. But can I tell you, it doesn't matter when you start preaching the truth. You get thrown into the camp of being a lunatic. Can I tell you, throw me into the camp of Christ every time if that makes me a lunatic. But I've got to tell you and you've got to make your mind, you've got to have your mind made up and your heart made up today who you're going to follow here because who you follow here will determine where you go when you die. So many gathering today under the political shades, left wing, right wing, instead of under the shadow of his wing. So then what shall we do? Shall we cower into a corner? Shall we stay in the closet? Shall we quit? 
Absolutely not. So what do we do? Do we kill the enemy? Absolutely not. I refuse to have that mindset. Why would I kill the enemy when God told me to gain a brother? The very thing that you think and that you're calling your enemy. Now I know I'm going to mess y'all up. Can I tell you, you are not wrestling against flesh and blood. You are wrestling against powers and principalities that are inhabiting the minds through cultural sways or cultural pulls of everybody that is around you. Welcome the people, once again, that don't believe like you. Welcome the people into your, into your life to say, tell me. Let's sit down and have a narrative. I know this guy that gets up here and preaches this. When this spirit comes over me, man, I preach. I know the way that I am. And can I tell you, when we preach it hot like this, why is it? I guess it's to thaw out a cold soul that's sitting in the congregation. But learn how to have conversations with people and then come back to the resolve of the word and say, you can say that, I can say this, Larry, but God's word says this, and it is the final authority. So, the Word of God says we ought to know how to answer every man. Three points. And then five more to follow that. Y'all are thinking 2.30. I'll know when it's time to quit. For those of you here for the first time. By the way, anybody here for the first time today? You're here for the first time. Come on, let's thank God for our visitors today that are in the house. Thank God that you're here. Don't forget before you leave, we'll get that at the end. Don't forget before you leave, we got something for you. So here's the deal. That when you when we're building back, that when we're doing this, what you're seeing right now go on. Right now in the United States of America, what you're seeing is us trying to build back and things being torn down. I don't want to just present to you a problem. I want to have a solution. And I can do that through the Word of God. How many of you know that? Instead of calling Dr. Phil, you got him on speed dial, maybe. You used to have Oprah, but she quit taking your calls. <laughs> the last church you were, <laughs> I better hush, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> Y'all bear with me. So what happens? Write this down. With progress will come persecution. With progress will come persecution. What has happened at this point in chapter 4, half of the wall has been built back. And what enemy? What the enemy is seeing now, it's not only Sambalan and Tobiah. Now we've got the Ashdodites, the otherites, and all themites. We've got all them that are coming against. And they're saying, hey, wait a minute here. They've got half of this done. Some of you are ready to quit and you're only halfway there. The Word of God says, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. This is not a point for you to quit. This is a point, I'm saying this makes probably the fourth or fifth time. I'm encouraging you today that we've got a work to do and we are not going to stop until it's finished. Jesus Christ did not stop on the Via Della Rosa, on the road to Calvary. He did not stop in the Garden of Gethsemane. He did not stop when everybody ridiculed him, when Pilate said what is truth. Listen, he did not stop when Herod came. He didn't stop when the religious leaders. He didn't stop. He could have called 12 legions of angels. If I've got that right, that's seven. 72,000. Can I tell you, he didn't have to call Nary Angel. He could have just said, it is finished before it was finished, and it would have stopped. But he didn't. You know why? Because of you, because of me, and everybody else is going to get saved before Jesus. Because of every prodigal that's on their way back, don't you dare let hell tell you they're not coming home. They're coming out of the pig pen, and they're on their way back. Praise be to God. Don't you, don't you dare let the enemy tell you that the addiction is going to take them to hell. The Holy Ghost is working. Don't. I don't know who you've been listening to. But if you start listening to God, don't you believe the lies of the enemy? You know, don't you listen. progress comes persecution the word of God said that when they had half the wall finished this is what happened with Sam Ballot and his crew they said uh oh 
They could mean business. You need to tell hell right now. I don't just mean business. I mean the Father's business. I am appointed to do, Kevin, what God, you're appointed to do what God has called you to do. Jesus Christ said, I have come to do the work of the Father, and the work of the Father I will do. They come, and it was halfway done. Church, we're not finished. We're not finished. It's one thing to preach to a lost soul and see a lost soul get saved, but we have to disciple people. You're going to see a lot of that coming. I know this very thing. I'm talking about teaching, preaching. Preaching is one teaching, getting people sound, biblical foundation in the Word of God, not man's doctrine. But Holy Ghost given, inspired, this inspired Word of God, that type of doctrine. And we do that through the Word of God. The enemy seen that they meant business. What about you? What about you? She look at you and say, he's a pushover. I'll put a little bit of candy out here that he lusts for in his soul. I'll put a little candy out here she won't. I'll put it and I'll have them. I'll distract them. So you've heard about all the algorithms. You've heard about all this revelation right now that's happening with all them sites you all are going to. Turn to somebody and say, I think he's talking to you. So did you think for one minute that everything that you're browsing, everything that you're looking at, did you realize that the next thing in tap is, is working with your mind and the algorithms that what they're doing is they're setting you up for the next one? Can you not see that that is not the Lord God Almighty? Can you not? Get into the faith book. Get into the book and the book will get into you. If you're spending time watching, listening, or reading, or singing, or doing anything else, more than you're spending the Word of God, you're out of balance. You say, I can't believe he just said that. Don't expect to have victory over the enemy when you hear us preach. And we Listen, when I say this, I, I'm a fellow traveler. But don't you think for one minute that you've got power over the enemy. And you say, through the power of this Word, when you never read it, and much less you believe it. You've got to believe this Word. You've got to trust this Word. Does this word, what if it lets me down? This word has never let me down. Somebody said, well, what about that God you were just talking about in your narrative? What about that God that, that about those people that are disillusioned, disappointed with a God that didn't supply or a God that didn't do or a God that didn't perform? You know how many Christians get defeated because somebody told them that God would answer every prayer that they prayed the way that they wanted it answered? Do you realize today that sometimes God's not going to answer the prayer the way you expect for it to be but guess what? Well, I'm going to quit God. If he's not a genie in the bottle, if he's not some Santa Claus Savior, then I can't have that kind of God. Can I tell you, quit dreaming a genie and start getting saved with Jesus. And when you get to that place that you'll find out that even when it didn't work out the way that I wanted, even when things didn't happen the way I wanted them to happen, that's when God said two words. Turn to somebody and say, trust me. That's the kind of God that is full surrender. That Steve, when we have that kind of God in our life and we can begin to praise Him and thank Him, that is when we surrender our will. Can I tell you, I believe every promise in this Word. I believe that where two or three of us are gathered in His name, I believe He's right there in the midst of us. I still believe in the midst of all of us. I speak unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. I believe it will happen. You say, well, that sounds controversial to me. Can I tell you, superseding anything that I believe, I believe that we have to trust Him. Because this world is a short piece of time, just a blink in the midst of full, wide, eternal life. Wide, open eye, eternal life. I believe it. Now, with problems, with progress will come persecution. Halfway, halfway, don't quit. Subheading under point one. Turn to somebody and expect an ambush. I want you to notice something. I, I want to remind you again that hell hates you. And hell wants to court you. Hell wants you to sleep with it. Hell wants you to sleep with hell, if you will, 
only to wake up the next morning finding that you are jilted in the relationship and that hell just wants to use you for Satan's glory and for Satan's purpose. In all of this, when we begin to stop and we begin to look, I want you to open your eyes to this very thing that Satan is such a deceiver. He sets snares for the Christian. He, he wants to call schisms within the church. The Word of God says this in verse 11. And our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come, till we come in the midst among them and slay them. And cause the work to cease. Sound ballot said, We'll get them. We're going to ambush them. How many of y'all found that Satan ambushed you on Saturday night and Sunday morning? Huh? He leave you alone on Monday and Tuesday. Then he start gnawing on you about Friday. And Saturday night he picking it up. Sunday morning he'll ambush you, Jack. He'll do whatever he can. And the word says that, that they're the adversary said they're never going to know or see till we come in the midst of them. And this is happening in the church. People quit church and in time when they do this they end up quitting Jesus. You got to show me how you quit Jesus. The one that gave it all for you, the one that gave it all for me. You got to show me how you quit so much love, so much, so much grace. You got to show me how you leave the truth for a lie. And it's happening. If we're going to win, you've got to expect the ambush. You've got to expect that Satan still wants to steal, kill, and devour anything that he can and destroy anything that looks like God, that praises like God, that acts like God. He wants to destroy all of it. So expect the ambush. So then what's the answer to that? Look at verse 9. See, this is the thing. 9 comes before 11 here. It's pretty simple math. But I want you to look at what Nehemiah had prepared. Look at verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer. They heard about it, said, hey, listen, the enemy's mad. He's coming. He knows y'all are building back the wall. It's all about heritage. It's about legacy. It's about a life in Christ. If I were to talk about that, and even on a national level, even further. The Word of God says this. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God, and we set a watch against them day and night because of them. This is what I love. Listen, get this. Make, make the prayer. When I say that, that sounds so simple. Make the prayer, set the watch. Make means there's things that you have to put in it. What do I put into my prayer? I put my heart in it. I have to put my head in it. I have to put my thought in it. That means that I can't put distraction in this big mixing bowl of prayer. That I can't do that. And I don't know about anybody else in this place, but man, ADD or whatever they call it, there that always hits me when I try to get serious to pray. My mind is on everything. I won't just chase one squirrel. No comments. Ushani shows up everywhere. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, Lord. Lord, I'm here to pray. What was that? And we pray these little weak prayers. Now I lay me down to snore. No. We pray over our meals. And we do that and we say, well, God, I prayed twice today. For those of you, how many of y'all ever fell asleep praying? How many of y'all ever been convicted of it? It's okay, let me help you. I'd rather fall asleep praying and in his lap than watching television and some kind of... Those of you falling asleep watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Can I stop for a minute and preach to y'all? Thank you, I'll take the... Honey, you just got to help me. Y'all pray for my wife right now. Listen, these gates, do you realize, quit watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Huh? I got one amen in the house. The rest of y'all are like, he on my feet. I mean, he's on, on my, he's just getting on. Can I tell you, you got to tell me. They like 24, 25 of them people, they line up for one man and one woman. Do you really want to kiss around on somebody that doesn't kiss 25 other people? Can I just preach some real to y'all right now? And your kids are going, eh. Hey. We should be going, eh. Hey. Turn that mess off. 
Can I tell you, God ain't going to line up. I don't care who you think you are, a gift to men or women. He ain't going to line up 24, 25. Can I tell you, God's got one for you that's appointed. Be praying for that one. I got through it quick, Amy. Thanks. I'm going to get a talking to, Todd, when I get home. I can tell you that right now. Stay with me. Expect the ambush. What did he do? Make the prayer. Set the watch. Listen, guys, this is so important. you got to make the prayer. I'm talking about putting elements of praise. I'm talking about intercession. I'm talking about when you go to him, get serious with him and spend time with him. Something. It don't have to be these great, uh, these, these, these great big words and everything. You know, you can just start by saying, God, I love you so much. See, man, I'm zero to 60. When I stop Christina and I start thanking him for what he's done. Do you think we've got to have a praise song to praise Him? Can I tell you the lyrics of your soul and what He's done for you? There should be nothing that's found deeper, man, than the very places that you've been and what He's brought you out of. How many of you know the pig pen, but you're not there anymore? Amen. How many of you knew Lodabar, but you're not in Lodabar? Come on, Chef. you understand what I'm talking about. How many of you know what it was like to be unclean and you had to shout it until that day you touched the hem of his garment? Am I preaching to anybody yet? Do you understand? How many of you have been right there? How many of you are just like the woman at the well? You were serving religion until the true living water showed up. Expect the ambush. Make the prayer, set the watch. Here's what to do. You do this. Then listen, guys, you, you set the parameters of your soul and of your mind. And three of real important words in the kingdom. Turn to somebody and say, don't go there. Can I tell you something? Don't go there. Because this is what you're finding. The enemy is putting out the feed troughs and every hellish thing. Why do you think that you're on, on your Facebook and on these things, why do you think it's called a feed? It's why so many people are getting fat on that feed instead of fat on the Word of God. And he'll put this hellish trough out there all the time. And when you end up getting done eating, you're sick to your stomach. You're sick of somebody. You ain't got what they got. You didn't do what they did. Can I tell you? Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. As I say that today, I've got people watching online that are using it for the right reason. And you know it and I know it. Set the watch. I'm not talking about this watch. Set the watch. Put a parameter around your mind that when it gets close, you say, don't go there. And you hear the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit say that. The Holy Spirit say, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't get caught up in that conversation. Don't do that. Can I tell you, Rick Clendon, and I love him. You've heard this. You know, Cindy, one of the, he said so many things to us that still brings life to my soul. And one of the things, one of the last things that he said, and you've heard me say this recently, I want to repeat it again. I'm so thankful. He said, I'm figuring out something. I don't have to answer you. Okay? Do you realize that today? That somebody can come to you with a question, and I'm not talking about biblical. I'm telling you, you can ponder these things, but can I tell you, everybody, that when they begin to question us, Kevin, that when they begin to do, I don't have to answer you. I don't have to have an answer. What do you mean? I don't have to answer. I don't have to say nothing. And that's going to be really hard for some people because that means you've got to keep your mouth shut. Huh? If somebody wanted you to write the opinion page, they'd, they'd give you that job. Can I tell you, let's operate in faith and facts. Amen? Let's operate there. Set your mind. Thank you for going with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Larry, verses 3 through 5. I mean, you talked about that this past week. By the way, Hope Groups will be back on this week. <laughs> the Word of God says this. When you set the watch, you begin to patrol the parameters of your mind. This is a piece of Scripture that you need to... It's, it's worthy of a whole week full of study. But Paul is speaking to the church there at Corinth, and he says this. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So here's the first thing you've got to understand, and I've got to understand. This is not a fleshly battle. This is a spiritual battle that you are in. For though you walk in this, you do not war after this. This is a spiritual battle. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above God, 
against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So how am I going to win this battle? That when hell comes and it's battling me from what I'm wanting to build back and what I'm wanting to put in place and reestablish the foundations, so what do I do? You've got to take captive every thought. I wake up every day with hell telling me it's going to take me. And guess what I do? I do not let my mind be a womb to that thought, something I'll give birth to later on in the day. You take it into captivity. Say every thought. Every thought to the captivity of Christ. What does that mean? To the obedience. When the Word says this, to the obedience of Christ, what does that mean? You take it to the cross of Calvary. That when hell comes against you and it says something so simple, I remember what you did. Do you remember that time you did this, you did that? Guess what I do? Capture the thought. I take it to Calvary. Calvary said it's paid for. Jesus said you're my son because I'm your Savior. I'm making intercession for you right now. This is Father God. I'm... And you take it right then. Point number two. Expect extortion. In chapter five, you're going to find this. Now the enemy's coming from the outside. Now we've got a problem on the inside. This is happening in the church. You'll find this out. In chapter five, there was a great cry of the people. And what had happened is that those that were richer... We're buying up, if you will, the property of those that were poor. It was a famine in the land, according to the Word of God. They were buying it up. They were doing that. And then they had all of that, and they were really oppressing the people. They were doing that through extortion. And listen, I like, and, and this happens so many times in churches, that what we'll do, we'll set up a hierarchy. And this is, this is one of the, uh, the narratives that the culture is using right now, is that what happens within church is that there are hierarchies, there are hierarchies that are set up and pastors are worshipped and praise teams are idolized. And can I tell you, the culture is not far from the truth. Because what we do is we set pulpits, we set preachers and pastors on pulpits and we build them so high that the only place for them to come is down. And then if they fail or they fall, we kick them to the curb instead of having a heart of restoration. Cricket, cricket. And what you find today is that one of the things that they use, can I tell you, there should be no hierarchy in church. I know what I'm called to do. You should know what you're called to do. If somebody comes to me and says, why are you a preacher? I say, I don't know. I sure didn't choose it. I sure didn't choose it. But I tell you, when I knew it got real with me is when I couldn't sleep. And things that people spoke to me when I was 16 years old, and I said, leave that alone. Arlita, I, I said, leave that alone. I said, I'm going to leave it alone. I said, no, you'll preach when I said, get out of here. I tell you, when it got real serious, when I couldn't eat. <laughs> I got to that place. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. Nick, and I got to that place finally where I come to God, and I said, God, I can't go on. And that was after utter failure in my life. And hell, the whole time chanting in my ear, you can't do that. You did this. You've done that. See, hell's good at that, isn't it? And hell will tell you everything you can't do. But remember, you serve a God that can do and when you are washed, how many of you know you're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Ain't that an awesome feeling? And I remember that on all of that and coming to that place to where you can really begin to surrender to Him. And then that's where things shift and that's where things change. And the part of it is this, is that I find with you that I'm a fellow traveler. I've told people before, what made David so neat? In no way can I even, I couldn't even humbly compare myself to David. I couldn't even do that. But you know what made him so cool to be king? It wasn't just the fact that he killed a giant. What made him cool is that he walked among the people. Can I tell you, don't trust a shepherd that doesn't smell like sheep. I've said that so many times before. Shepherds should smell like sheep. Amen. So what happens? We've got extortion. I've got to hurry. Praise team, will you come? Will you come? So here we are. We've got extortion within, and this is what's happening. They were being sold out. Going forward, you need to hear me. You need to hear me. This is important. You're going to have people that you prayed with. You're going to have people, Chris, we're going to have people that we prayed with, we believed with, that we've seen mighty miracles with. You're going to have people that you've been in church with that are going to leave you. But you're going to stay with God. 
I'm not talking about God appointing them to another church. If they leave here, that's fine. Just go. Just, just stay on fire for Jesus. But you're going to find people that here's what's going to happen is that they're going to sell you out. Because what you're seeing now is the deconstruction all around you and it's turning out. Do you believe that God really heals? Yes, I do. Do you believe that He can save anybody? Yes, I do. Do you believe there's something called the Holy Ghost? That's something you're calling something is the He I call the Holy Ghost that's alive and well. And what you're going to see in these last days is that very thing, is that people are going to sell you out. And guess what? They did that to Jesus too. I don't know whether or not it'll be 30 pieces of silver, but you've got to make up your mind today, Mike. We've got to make up our mind today who we're going to follow. Though song Chris says this, though none go with me, still I will follow. Still I will follow. Amen. Point number three. Today I got points. Not only does hell want to ambush you, not only there are going to be people that want to sell you out. It's what you're going to see. It came to pass in chapter 6 and verse 1. It came to pass that when Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabians, and when I had builded the wall, now we're finishing up, that there was no breach left. All the walls are built. Though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. We got all the walls built, Asher, but we don't have the gates finished yet. Sambalat, see something. They ain't quitting, Luke. They're almost done. So guess what now? Hell, this is the part with your life. Hell's desperate now. Hell sees you mean business. Hell sees you're not going to tuck tail and run. Hell sees that, hey, you know what? He's for real. He ain't going back to the work. You know what hell does? Same thing Sam Ballard does. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. The Word of God says this. And of all places, then Sambalat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together. Let's, let's talk. Some of one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Turn to somebody and say, Oh, no. It's got to be your reply. But they thought to do me mischief. He said, I sent messengers unto them. Notice he didn't even He just sent people. He sent people. He said, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work of God cease? While I leave it and come down to you. Yet they sent me unto me four times after this sort. And I answered them after the same manner. They sent them back five times total. Sent them back four times. Said, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. And what's your reply? Oh, no. I ain't going to quit what I'm doing. God has called me. God has called me. God has called me not just to preach it. He's called me to live it. He's not just called me to live the gospel. He's told me to love it. He's told me to learn it. He's telling me all of these things, church. He's telling us today. That when you leave this world, hell will be, excuse me, when you leave this, this, this very sanctuary, hell will start. If it's not already starting right now. Compromise. And hell does a real good job. Say, well, that's not a bad thing, but is it a God thing? Huh? See, this is what hell does. It's what hell does. And you begin to compromise. And what happens, it begins to compromise your faith. And when your faith, Candace, when our faith is compromised, our future is compromised. See, what happens is when, when there's a mole, man, in the, within the scheme of things. And hell will always send one. Hell will always do something to try to get you to abort the mission, to try to get you to cease what you're doing. We're going to battle, and we're going to build, and we're going to keep doing Andy, we're going to keep doing what God has called us to do. I'm almost done. So what about the weapons? What do we do then? We talked about what we persevere and we talked about all this. i got to preach this out. How many of you know we got some crazy good weapons that God has given us? When I said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold, cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Can I tell you, we got some crazy big weapons, man, that will defeat hell. Number one, thank you, for, thank you for waiting. Number one, praise. Praise. 
praise. In the midst of the persecution, praise God. In the midst of your situation, in the midst of the hallway and the struggle, praise God. What are you talking about? Hell is hitting you with everything. I want you to be downtrodden. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Praise Him. Praise Him. Because guess what? When hell tries to ambush you, you're going to ambush hell when you start praising Him. Wait a minute. This should have got them down. Wait a minute. They should have quit. Wait a minute. This should have happened. Can I tell you? Somebody shout praise Him. This is something that you have to put in your arsenal. You have to put this in your mind. This is the thing. Don't pout. Praise Him. Don't listen. I've got to tell you right now, I don't know if there's anything that will run hell out of your mind and out of your ministry and out of your home like praise will. Listen, hell expects to you to respond in a foul way and to fold. But in the name of Jesus, I will praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I'll praise Him with my lips. I'll praise Him with my heart. I'll praise Him with my hands. I'm going to praise Him in the dead. Decide today who you're going to praise. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. You're going to have to get that one. You're going to have to get that one. Because hell expects for you to fold. Number two, Kathy, this is a whole other set of things. Somebody say praise Him. Somebody shout purpose. Let me tell you what. This is what Nehemiah knew, Bruce. He knew he had a purpose. I knew back in the day when I played football, if I was playing guard or tackle, I knew my purpose. I knew. And when the enemy was bigger, guess what I did? I didn't stand up. I hit my knees. I went at his ankles. I'm going to tell you something. Hell is so concerned, not about a mediocre Christian, but about a Christian with purpose. And when you have purpose and you allow the Holy Spirit to bring that purpose to fruition and it brings seeds to the kingdom but also a harvest to the kingdom, you need to let hell know that you're serious and you're not going to quit. I am created for a purpose and my purpose, first of all, was to praise God and to give Him all the glory even in the tough time. Purpose. Don't meander for 40 years like the Israelites did and just saying, oh, I'm going to wait on God. Can I tell you, get away from the mailbox and get to the field and start plowing in the Word and start planting the seeds of the gospel and let's expect a harvest. Purpose. Christians without purpose fail. Christians without purpose falter. I have a purpose. Somebody said, what if they took this, this pulpit is not just, it may be part of my purpose, but people are my purpose. David, before he, listen, this is the thing, before he loaded up, Stephen, before he loaded up that shepherd's bag with those five stones to kill the giant, he listened, he reckoned right then, and he says, that they're not a cause. Can I tell you, David had a cause, and with a cause will come a purpose. And I need to remind you today, I don't know how big your giant is, but can I declare today that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The God in you is bigger than the giant on the outside of you. Purpose. Purpose. Purpose is not to sit in the seats, but rather to see the lost saved and see them discipled. Prayer. I've already touched on prayer. Number four, Thanksgiving. How many whiners have I got in here? Let me call on the Holy Ghost to help you. How many complainers, murmurers do I have? How many of y'all know some? The rest of y'all just sleep? Can I tell you something? Let me tell you something that will run the enemy off. You'll have every opportunity to get into a negative mindset before, probably even before you leave here. Okay? You'll have every opportunity every day to be in a negative mindset. Can I tell you, turn your mind around. Start putting your mind. Can I tell you something? You don't have to wait till the last week, somewhere around November 24th, to call that Happy Thanksgiving. Can I tell you what? You can have Thanksgiving every day. Well, I don't know that I got anything to thank him for. I can't hang out with you. I'm called to you. You're going to make it hard on me, but I'm telling you right now. Thanksgiving, 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 Thanksgiving. The biggest weapon that I like to preach sometime to its own self, the biggest weapon, that's number five. 
the biggest weapon that you have against the enemy because this is where he gets in. Practice. Turn to somebody and say, I forgive you. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the biggest weapons that we have, if not the greatest weapon that we have. Forgiveness. What I've seen happen in so many Christians' minds and in their lives is that they can't forgive. And because they can't forgive, their mind is ruined. And it becomes a septic tank of thought that's not even worried to be around or worthy to be around. How many of you know Jesus Christ forgave you? How many of you know he forgave you of a few things? What about how many of you know he forgave you of all things? All right. So should we do unto others as we'd have them do unto us? So should we do unto others as Christ has done unto us? Today, I want to tell you today, if you feel like you're in this place and you've done too much, you've done too I always say this, but I'm telling you right now, God forgives you. But what you've got to do, he's already in place. He's already done it. You've got to come to him. And I know it always sounds lame. Do I accept the forgiveness? Can I tell you, it's more than just about accepting Christ. It's dying out to self and, and, and believing in the Savior. It's, it's, it's asking him for forgiveness. And then getting up from this altar free. But Christians, maybe you're wondering today, why are some of my prayers being... And listen, I'm not going to get here to, to split theological hairs. I don't have time to delve into this real deep. But I'm going to tell you today, many of our prayers today are not answered because of unforgiveness. And you're asking God to do something that you won't do. If he forgave us, shouldn't we forgive other people? Let's start with the first piece. He forgave you. Christians, I want us all to pray in just a moment. Because there's never been a time to where we need to be more united than right now. And not just united in prayer, but listen, I'm to, or in place, but in prayer. If you could, just for a moment, would you forget about everybody else? If you need to close your eyes, do that. If you need to bow your head, you can do that too. Whatever you need to do, I want to talk to you just for a moment. I just want to just let the Holy Spirit move right now. If you're in this place, you say, you know what? I've never been born again. I've never given my life to Jesus. But, man, I know I've got to do it. I feel conviction. I, I want to be saved. I don't, I, I don't want to go ahead. I want to go to heaven. I want to be forgiven. I want to be free. Like you said, I could be free. It's not just me saying it. The Word of God says, therefore, if any man. That any of us can be free because of the blood of Jesus. That means he paid the price. That means he went in your place. He went in my place. That for every lie I've told, that every thought I've had that was ungodly, every though, any of those things that I've acted upon and done, that he forgives me of that. But I have to come to him. As you're pondering that and you're thinking, man, I don't know if today's the day. Can I tell you? Why wouldn't it be today? Just as Asher was saying, even when we were praising him and thanking him, that today's the day made unto salvation, that today may be your very day. But listen, don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. So as we get ready to come to this altar, precious Holy Spirit, move right now upon the soul of every individual in this place. God, raise up an army of believers, Lord. They're not a militant in thought, but God, we are truly today that we lockstep in grace and in truth. That today we have the authority through the blood of Jesus and through the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. God, let us unify. Let us declare this word of God in these last days. God, raise us all to be, to raise us all up, God, to be conquerors through you. Give us a heart to disciple others around us as we're being discipled, God, God, through this family of believers. God, today, would you steer the hearts of moms and dads, of brothers and sisters in this place, just simply to pray. To say there's never been a time where we need to pray like we need to pray right now. Can I ask you, Christian, that if that's you, will you come up and would you agree around this altar with me today that God is doing that work, that he's going to do that work? And would you simply say, God, use me? Is that you today? Would you come? Any believer that will, you come and you pray at this altar. God, for the lost soul that's in this place, what's that look like? What's that feel like? 
The lost soul is one that says, I don't think I'm going to heaven. I, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I, can I tell you, you can know today. You can know today. And it'd be my prayer that the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to you. Maybe you'll grab that hand next to you and you'll hear the tug or feel the tug of the Holy Spirit saying, come unto me. I can save you today. Today's your day. And we surrender our life to Christ. We ask Him to forgive us. Today's your day. You can come and know the power of that forgiveness. So, Lord, today you do what you do. God, as you raise us up as Christians, Lord, to be light in these last days, equip us. In your name, amen and amen. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King. Thank you.